Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's episode 18 of Grey Wolf Footy. It's Fitzy here, joined by Madman Matt Grace, sitting to my left as always. How are we, sir? You're good. How about you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. It's uh, it's an interesting week. We've got to buy before AFL finals, of course. The last round of the season was last weekend. We got to see off North Melbourne into a long, long off-season <laughs> that we'll talk about in a future episode. But today we're here, Gracie. We've just had the All-Australian team announce in a few awards last night as of when we're recording this. And we're going to wrap up the Supercoach season as well. So a bit of a little bit of a wrap-up and a look back on a season that was and how yep. our teams went, a few thoughts for next year. But before we get into that, man, uh, how's life? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, obviously, restrictions are starting to ease out our way, yep, which, yep. Is, uh, which is good. And um, we can get out and about and yeah, a little bit, not, uh, <laughs> not too much. You know, there's <laughs> some sport on the horizon with... Um, some outdoor sport like cricket and tennis and that that'll be happening in our area too, which I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to uh, to getting out and about. Yes, that's being it. able to do that, and I think just you know, Saturday I went and did a did a suit fitting for for our good mate Sean's wedding, and uh, you know, just went to old cafe. Um, and, uh, Cheeky Fox, sorry, yeah, yep, and I yep. uh, got a coffee and a and a bacon egg roll. It was yep. just good to walk the street and. Through that, it was yeah. different. So, and now it's funny you mentioned the Cheeky Fox Cafe, Grace, because did you know they are actually our first sponsor? Are they not for this season, but for next okay. year? Yeah, we've actually signed them up as a sponsor. So That's shout good. out, shout out to Mick Harrison, the team over at Cheeky Fox. We've got them on board. We're going to put something together for next season because this year we're just sort of making do. But let's switch it back to the footy side of things, Grace. And before we get talking about our own teams, and we'll break down each line, we've got to give a big shout out to Black on White or Arthur, as he's otherwise known, who was the winner of the Grey Wolf Pack League. So he took on Boners in the final. I think we both had our money on Boners to win it. Yeah, but. Um, Arthur's come up with the trumps. He's only won by about 50 or 60 points there, but uh, what a good was, season it's uh, been. Was it Captain Choice the, the, the winner there, or oh, they both have Neil? Might have been. Um, looks like he might have. We have to check that. I've done my research, but no, uh, it, right. it did come down to. That's no, good. It nice did close down, win. Yeah, I was going to say it came down to right to the wire there with that win. But uh, shout outs to Anthony. Uh, sorry to Arthur. If you're listening out there though, Arthur, please get in touch with us, and uh, we might have to send him a t-shirt or something. But only if he messages us, yeah. <laughs> so we know who he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun this year. It was a very competitive league, actually, the Grey Wolf League, and we ended up three thousand four hundred seventy seventh out of twenty two thousand in the rankings, which is really cool for our first season doing it. So we'll be back. Back again next year if we get enough people interested because we'll start the podcasts earlier uh you know, we might even have a couple of legs maybe we can have a, like a relegation and a, a yeah. promotion period in there yeah. gracie as well so that'll be a bit yeah. of fun for next we'll year at, but uh, as you said starting it early and um you know obviously it's different year with uh, rookies and draft and stuff but yeah. i think even if we start um you know pre- previewing from january when super coach opens we can at least you know have some discussion points yeah. each week. And, Absolutely. And uh, hopefully have plenty of questions. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we'll John O will send plenty. Oh, yeah, don't you worry about that. <laughs> but now let's work our way through the Supercoach. Uh, each line, Gracie, we've just discussed off air that we're going to do a bit of a summary of our own teams, maybe a few lessons that we've learned along the way, and then a few picks for next year or a few thoughts for 2021. But we'll break it down by line. So we'll kick things off with defence. I'll let you read out your final uh, defence, and, and I can read out mine, and we can have a bit of a discussion about what went wrong and what went right. Yeah, so I um, started with Rory Laird and Dan Houston, and they finished up in my team. Um, uh, had Stewart, brought in Stewart, Maynard, Ridley. And I brought in Shepard the last week for yeah, Doppie. So yep. um, they they were the, the final six. Um, Houston ended up averaging 91, which, you know, not bad. Yeah. Not, not probably what I wanted from a guy you, you started and keep with for the year, but... A few uh, issues in other areas made me burn trades uh, when I shouldn't have, and it made me have to hang on to Houston, so I didn't get the opportunity to bring in a Lloyd or someone like that. So um, for me, I think Fitzy, you know, I started with Laird. He was pretty poor early on, mm. but then he got the move into the midfield, and I think his second half of the year he averaged like over 110 yeah, close because he, he finished on 105, so average, and he was only around the 90s at, mm. at the early stages of the year, and Tom Stewart was ever reliable, and I think the the big surprise pack of the year fits he was obviously Jordan Ridley yeah, um, big time. in the defence, so he obviously won the Essendon's B&F, and he, um, he's one to keep an eye out for next year, definitely. Yeah, yeah. What and about he's only, your team? Only played 26 games or something, Ridley, total, which is unreal. Probably very unlucky to not make the All-Australian. 
Australian team. Um, I think, just looking at my defence now, I don't think anyone I started with is in the team I've got now, <laughs> which is often the case. But uh, I managed to get Lloyd in very early, yep. and he only went under 100 once this year, which is round one. Tom Stewart came in and out and then back into my team. He was solid as always. Uh, Caleb Daniel was consistent as ever. I think he only had one or two scores under 80, which is unreal. I brought in Adam Saad for a little bit of a point of difference towards the end, and he was fantastic as well. Brad Shepard too, he, he went a couple of tons when I was trying to yep. hang on to a finals chance. And I brought Cade Simpson in um, for Doherty more as yep. a bit of a send-off to one of my favourite defender uh Super coach options over the years, so not not too bad this year. It was um, definitely a year of learnings, but the one nail I hit on the head was starting with Jeremy Howe. And yep. I remember back in our very first podcast, I think he was one guy I was jumping on, uh, and that really paid off early and got me up to the top of the ranks uh, early in the season. But if you look at your defence at this stage, and obviously defence this year was actually not too bad, and, and you've already re- re- reeled off a few top options there with Laird, Maynard, Ridley, Luke Ryan was unreal. Even Jack Crisp, he came, he came home with a wet sail and finished the year quite strong. Mark Blissarves was well uh, played well. Nick Haynes, like it's been a little while since we've seen so many players average over hundred or even yeah. in the even yep. sort of over ninety five. And um, yep. just to throw another name in there, James Sicily was another one I started with. He was yep. on track to finish the season strongly. Callum Mills got injured in there at some stage, and so yep. Rampy, these sorts of guys. Yep. But if you're looking at your team now and thinking more for next year, uh, it's going to be a lot of not overpriced options, but it's going to be very hard to split the top probably eight or ten defenders next year. I think so. I think so. Fits in. You know, have guys like um, you mentioned Nick Haynes. There, he everyone jumped on him, and and you know, looking at it here, he was uh, round ten. Uh, yep. At round ten, he was averaging one hundred and nine. He finished averaging ninety eight. So yeah, he had off. a monster drop off towards the end. He only scored one ton after round ten. Uh, wow. A couple of nine or three nineties and. Uh, his last two rounds were a 46 and a 34. So, yeah, um, yep. you know, that could be due to obviously GWS really finished the season off poorly. So, um, but just, just little things like that. Like, Haynes is a great defender. Um, and this year, I think the shorter quarters and the, you know, mm. obviously fatigue wasn't a massive, as big an issue perhaps. But um, guys like that are, and he's similar boat to Houston as well, yeah, I think. Yep. Like, you know, I watched the last round for Port Adelaide against Collingwood and Houston had. He ended up with like double digit intercept marks in the first half. Like he was just marking everything. Mm, so, mm. and Howe's the same. Like Howe's going to be one to watch out for next year yeah. for sure. He'll be, I reckon he'll lose a bit of value. Um, not too much. He'll still be fairly decent price, but I think he's one you'd probably jump on. Yeah, I think anyway, so. Anyway, yep. um, and then it's just a matter of, I think Lloyd's going to be one you may have to start with next year. Yeah. Because um, yep. I don't think Laird's going to have that midfield role next year. I think. They'll do some moves over the off-season. They'll give the kids a bit more of an opportunity. And he may go up to a wing or something, but I think he might see him slot back to the half-back line. Half-back line. So, yeah. But, yep. um, yeah, it's, not, it's going to be interesting over the off-season, Fitzy. I think, you know, do you start Jordan Ridley again? Like, he was pretty consistent. Uh, most of the year, Luke Ryan, like he's going to be heavily be priced. Yeah, like, like it's and and just to cut you off there, because one thing that's going to be very interesting to see next season is how if we go back to longer quarters, particularly for defenders and rucks, are probably a bit the same as well. We've just seen so many inflated scores, haven't we? Really? Yeah. You know, like uh, you know, even Lloyd had a few games where he's gone one forty, when really he probably only should have got one ten, one fifteen. But I think that's probably going to affect starting prices as well next year. Because even you look at some of the prices that the players have finished on, and we're going to be yep. paying up for defenders next year, that's yep. for sure. But you yep. know, like even uh, you know, Howe had a couple of huge games, round one, two, maybe three as well. But that was from intercept possessions. James Sicily had a few big games as well. Same reason. Are those scores going to be as inflated next year or not? I mean, it's probably too yep. early to tell. But yep. all right, well. So if you were if you're picking a team right now, I mean, barring a few uh, you know rookies and mid price options, the other guy I haven't spoken about is Doherty as well. Like he yeah. he really dropped off. I think he went one eighty in round three, and then he did basically nothing the rest yeah. of the season. If you had to pick your starting say uh, three or four premium defenders, who are you looking at right now? I think I'll go Lloyd and Laird. I think, um, and as we'll mention throughout, as I got burnt with some mid prices, yep, yep, you know, had to burn extra trades. Even though we got the extra trade, it still didn't help me. So. Yep. I finished off the year with a team that wasn't as strong as I thought. So try and fit Lloyd and Laird in. Um, and then it'll be a matter of looking at, you know, a how. Yep, um, yep. Luke Ryan's probably hard to fit in. I think I'd rather try and bring him in after he drops a little bit in price. Caleb Daniel will be one. He's very, very consistent. Um, another one that I'm just looking at now fits here. Callum Mills um, is one to keep an eye out. He... His lowest score for the year was 74. He only played 15 games. He didn't mm. play. He missed mm. a couple. 
Lowest score, 74, but he did have a 173. He had, yeah. what, one, two, three. He had eight tons in 15 games. Uh, average 101. He's definitely one he flew to... under the radar a lot, didn't yeah, he? I remember but, he had that big game, but yeah. But keep, keep in mind that um, Rampy was out for... Yeah, he was out for a bit of the, of the season. season. So yeah. that could be why Mills scored a bit more because he had that yeah. extra, extra role. So. It might depend on what happens for the Swans too because obviously Mills was drafted as a midfielder, don't forget. Yep. So whether he makes that move to the midfield or not, he could be a really good alternative to Lloyd because do they get a discount for, for missing? What would that be? Oh, he played 15 games. He's only missed yeah. A, so yeah, 17, there's the total. But yep. if I'm looking at that, Gracie, one thing I've really learned this year in particular is durability is king. Yep. Absolutely king. And that's why when I've done a few trades, like Adam Saad was a guy I brought in purely because he's played 22 games of the last four or five years. And I think in defense, that's really what you want. You don't, you're not always going to get the big scores there, but you want the players playing yep. every week. Because obviously, you know, like look at your bench at the moment. I know Flynn Perez had a decent last game, but usually your defender rookies aren't scoring as high either. So you need those players playing. So if I'm starting a team next year, Lloyd's a lock. I think I'm going to pay up for him. I don't really care. Like he's a good Horsham boy as well. So we probably should pick him. But like he's scoring this season was unreal and even in longer quarters he probably would have gone even higher like yep. he's just accumulating possessions they never tag him he's just super coach friendly role lock him in uh, and then Caleb Daniel and Tom Stewart are the two guys I'm probably going to lock in I know Stewart did the uh, the collarbone earlier this year but he barely went under a ton when he came back I and mean, that's a consistency that I would really like in my yep. team and yep. Daniel plays every game he barely scores under 80 like I said he could put up with a few lower scores he's not going to go 150 but he's always going to score well he's always going to play so yep. probably just going to play it safe I think with defence next year and if that means maybe starting a few extra rookies on the field I don't think that's such a bad thing um, I've looked at a few guys recommending maybe some mid prices next year because the kicker again and we've, I've already said this is what are the prices going to be like for inflated scoring next year you know are you going to be paying 750k to start Gorn for example because he averaged 140 in an yep. inflated season so you might have to start looking at maybe like a Lockie Ash or someone like that mid prices he might be 250 yep. or 300k yep. get a quick price rise and then flick yep. him off so it's going to be very yep. interesting and I think defence might be where we might need to think a bit different tactically. Yep. Big, an- another big one to keep an eye on is uh, where Zach Williams ends up. He's obviously yeah, very, yep. very uh, big chance he'll go to Carlton and um, you know, he'll probably just replace Cade Simpson, really, yeah. realistically. Yep. Um, you know, his reports, big contract. He scored okay this year. He's obviously missed a couple of games, but you know, there's no reason why he can't. That's gonna that may affect Doherty as well. True. Um, yep. So that's that's something to keep mindful of, and hopefully, like we're obviously most likely going to get a preseason, so we'll get to see where these guys play. But um, there's going to be some interesting moves over over the off season. Fitzy, there's a lot of talk already. Mm. I know Geelong's linked to about every player at the moment, <laughs> and I'm starting to get sick of it. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and then we'll talk about uh, future moves in a in a future episode. Yeah. But uh, it's it's going to be one that. I think you lock in those couple of guys, as you said, and then um, I think you try and go the three three premiums and maybe a, depending what how is, mm. if he's cheap, you pick him. Yep. But I'm going to try and avoid any, any yeah. like a Dan Houston again. Like, yeah. it was good, but it just, like, it it's, you know, you could have a rookie in that's going to give yeah. you money yep. and therefore you can upgrade somewhere else and get a premium yeah. quicker. And that, that was yep. my issue is... Was, yep was the mid prices. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, you know how everyone's always like, you've got to go guns and rookies, you've got to do guns and rookies, but it's not until the end of the season that you realise, oh yeah, maybe that was probably yeah, the way to go. Yeah. And even just to think a bit back, you know, like a lot of people, I think you might have started with Dylan Robertson as well. Like I remember a lot yeah. of people were going Laird, Houston, Robertson, Noble, and then just rookies. And I mean, yeah. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but you yeah. would have been better off paying up and getting Laird, Houston, say Lloyd, and then just three rookies yeah. and working off it from there. Yeah. So another, another lesson and another, uh, I guess signal or sign that guns and rookies is probably still the best way to do it as long as the rookies are playing but let's move on to the midfield Gracie where all the points are scored where all the fun has had it's been an interesting year in the midfield a lot of injuries a lot of very annoying injuries would you say like uh, yep. you know you're not five missing two or three here or there Kelly missing two these sorts of things let's hear your midfield I'll uh, run through mine and um, we'll talk about the uh, the big scorers yeah yeah so I um, started with Neil Danger McRae uh, Crips, so they all remain. Um, brought in uh, Boak, uh, Kelly. I think I bought him. Yeah, I bought him five. Oh, yep. I started with Viney. Viney stayed oh, the whole yeah. year. Yep. He averaged just point four under a hundred. So, um, and that that was the thing. He was another sort of mid price guy that 
I took a chance on and I, I was hoping he'd average around 105, 110. Obviously, Petraka probably took away mm. a bit of his scoring, but um, I'm not disappointed in him averaging yep. 100 yep. as your last midfielder. So, um, And then, look, you know, if I had extra trades at the end of the year, I probably would have upgraded him to someone anyway. But, um, you know, someone moving forward, like someone like, like Paddy Cripps is going to be so cheap next year. He had yeah. such a – like he finished with a 26 in the last game because yeah. he got injured. But Do you start with um, him next year? Oh, I think so, yeah. You reckon? Yeah. yeah he I'm, looked I'm, like he was playing wounded this year. I, yeah. I just I, – I was surprised that he even made it through the year. Because yeah. he didn't miss a game in the end, did he? He played every every week. I but think so, yeah. But I, I, I'm still picking him. Like yeah. he's proven yeah. it. And that's the thing for me, and, and I should have mentioned with Houston, is – Pick players that have proven it in the past. If they're cheap and they've averaged 100 before or mm. you know, mid-90s, then pick them. But mm. someone like you know a Houston who hadn't done it before, yeah, true. they're the yep. ones that you got to be iffy on. Yep. Um, like Robertson, obviously, you know, I went him because he was cheap and he's played, what, two games or something? Yeah, yeah, something. he just fell off the face of the earth. But it's um, interesting because, and so I remember I've read this before, like you're always better off picking fallen premiums than breakout contenders. I mean, yeah. you're the one in five that you hit. You yeah. know, it's just not really worth it. You want the yeah. runs on the board. Yeah. So, and I bought Boken for the last few games. He was he was good, and you know he's he's had a good year, and mm. and will most likely finish second in the Brownlow, I'd say. But um, you know, I probably won't have him next year. I think he's just that extra year older. Yeah. Um, yep. And it depends on team success for Port. Like yep. if they're down, their whole team. Yeah, is that's down, a very good so. point. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that that's my team. I think I was fairly similar to most. Had a couple of different guys in there. Um, you know, starting with Danger, he finished averaging 113. He started off the year pretty pretty average, mm. but um, yeah, I just picked him as a point of difference. Everyone was picking picking other players. So, yep, yep. what about your team? Yeah, so it probably your your midfield might be a bit the same. It's funny you talk about guys like Viney. It happens every year, and I'm just trying to think. Even last season, I reckon Cornelio was a bit cheaper, and you just never get rid of them. You just can't mm. find the trade to, to even you know, they need 100k. You just can never find the trade to get rid of them. But um, funnily enough, the midfield was probably where my team changed the least in terms of premiums. I started with Neil. Bontempelli, Kelly, Fife, and Cripps, and they're still in my team uh, now, which is which is surprising. I ended up bringing in uh, Tom Mitchell, Taylor Adams, and Mitch Duncan when he was nice and cheap. So I was pretty happy with that midfield. Missed out on a couple of the top players. Like Clayton Oliver, I wouldn't have picked that he'd go over 120. I've had him the last few seasons, and I was spewing for not bringing him in. Yep. Uh, like Jack Steele, I'd ended up, end up with Jack McRae. I went with Bontempelli as a bit of a point of difference. and a little bit more fun as well, so I want a yep. little bit different in there. But, um, but overall, I wasn't too uh, upset who I ended up with in the midfield, if that makes sense. Taylor Adams came in towards the end, and he was consistent every week. He was unreal. Duncan had a few good games and dropped off a little. And just Cripps, man, I don't think I'd pick him next year. I reckon I'm going to be a bit the opposite because you look at all the options you're going to have, and we can sort of talk about these now. You know, even if we just sort of by average, you had McRae, Oliver, Neil, and Steele all averaged over 120. Are you going to pick any of those next year? Two or three, all of them? Uh, Neil, yes. Uh, McRae, yeah. So McRae is just—it's hard. And I know you said you didn't didn't pick him, but um, oh, he just accumulates possessions. And in longer, if we go back to the longer quarters, which I think mm. we probably will, he's just going to accumulate more, and he's going to have those 40, 40, 50 possession games more often than not. Yeah, yeah. He's just got the ability to go that one eighty, and you know, you chuck a VC on him because Bulldogs seem to play a lot of early games. Mm. So um, I think I'll go him. So I think Neil, Neil Oliver, McRae. Um, I love the bond. I'd love to pick the bond, but it's just the fact that he could go sixty one week or seventy, and then you know, and then he, could he does go have the ceiling though. He yeah. does have the ceiling, but it's just you know, I, I probably want the consistency of McRae over the probably more high side of mm. Bontempelli. I love Bontempelli as a player. So oh yeah, that's the but, thing. It's um, fun to own him though. Like yeah, some of those games, he gets twenty touches and he scores one sixty. Like how the hell yeah. does that even happen? But um, yeah. so the thing that helped McRae and I was feeling pretty good about not picking him earlier on because it was when Dunkley got injured that he went back. Because remember he was lining up on the wing a lot early in the season. He had some absolute rubbish games, and uh, then once Dunkley got injured, then he went back into the midfield and, and sort of you know the story sort of he tells went, itself. He, he went for a patch of. Uh, his average went from 102 to 127. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in that's the space of about six weeks. So. I'll tell you what, one of those games in there was the worst 40 possession game I've ever seen from a player. I reckon the balls yep. went nowhere. But that's the sort of play we want in Supercoach, right? Yeah. Like, that's always always gets up my goat a bit when people are talking rubbish about Lloyd. He's a seagull and all that. But who cares? We pick yeah. him and he scores 120, does nothing. Like, yep. that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I really feel, Gracie, that I think, I don't know about Jack Steele, but I really feel like Neil, Oliver, and McRae are your three locks for probably the next three or four years. Yep. Would you agree? I think you're going to lock those guys away. Yep. But it's probably the next crop of guys. And there's a few players in different circumstances here. You've got sort of some, I guess, some older, uh, you know, 
statesman of the of the competition in Dangerfield, Mitchell Fife. But then you've also got Kelly, you got Zach Merritt, you got him. Jared Lyons had a good season. Matt Crouch came home really strong. It's sort of a good mix of some sort of uh, stalwarts in there, but also some up and comers. Like Zach Merritt's one guy I'm really interested in for next year. He's another accumulator. Yep. Go back to those longer quarters, and he could easily average one twenty. Yeah, for sure. Here's one guy. If you don't pick Cripps, do you pick Sam Walsh? He went from round five. Average of 75 to finish on 101. Oh, he, he had a unreal. monster. And that's yeah. because he went from a wing, um, wing half forward to yep. into the midfield. Yep. Um, and he just killed he's, it. He's graduated to a full-time midfielder. And yep. here's a good one for you, Gracie. And this, is again, is going to come down to the prices next year because there's so many guys over 600K right now that are just going to be too expensive. Do you go Neil, Oliver, McRae, Raul, Walsh? How much fun would that be as a midfield? Oh, I would. And you, this is where the point comes... You know, people think, oh, why would you pick Sam Walsh? You know, he's, mm. you know, hasn't really proven it. Well, he has. He's, yeah, he he's has. gone into yeah. the midfield and risen his average by 25 points per game. So, you know, 101, the usual, the usual trend, and we've seen it before with other top, you know, draftees, is that they go to the next mm. level and go to the 110 to 115. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they're, two years later, they're averaging 127 or 130 mm. like McRae and, and Fife and all that. Those guys do. Yep. So, yep. um Fife, um, obviously, we'll talk about him a bit later, Fitzy, because there's some rumours around around Fife. Ooh, but yep. um, another player I'm interested, Fitzy, and, the, and this is there's a lot of talk here, and the, one of the rumours that Geelong is linked to, they've been linked to Sean Higgins, your boy, Fitzy. Yeah. Do you flirt, and depending where he plays, but he is going to be massive outside player at Geelong because they've got the inside mm. balls in Guthrie and you know Dunk Duncan's a bit outside but he does get it, get in and under and you know you've got Dangerfield there, you've got Parfit, mm. those sort of guys. Like in a better side does Higgins become a bit more super coach relevant um, at all because he's gonna yeah. be cheap. He finished on four twenty four K. Yeah. And he's done it in the past. You know, and there's no reason why he could he could add more goals to his game yeah. Yeah, as yeah. well. So yep. there's just players like that that change teams and and you know obviously going from north like and he still was still a good super coach player at north probably until this year but mm. going to a team that's already you know full full yeah. strength sort of thing yeah that's a fair point i've got two r- reasons why i don't think so number one age yep. and number two out of all those players you've said not all of them are going to average over 100 you yeah, I mean? true. there's not enough points true. to go in. Now, here's another thought for you. Compare it to Luke Dalhouse. Is it a similar deal? Years yeah, of yeah, you yeah. averaging 100 yep. goes to Geelong, plays a different role, and that's yep. sort of it. Yep. I think Sean Higgins would be a great pickup for Geelong. I don't want him to leave, but I think he could be a good pickup. He'd be one that you'd sort of look at, maybe. Yep. But if you're looking at Geelong midfielders, I mean, I can think of probably four of them I'm picking over him if I'm picking a yeah, starting team. Absolutely. Um, but that's a really good question. Mm. Uh, and even if he was named as a mid forward, you'd lock him in. I yep. reckon because he's just he's got something about him like he's the Rolls Royce of North Melbourne, yep. Yep. Um, and I had him a couple of years ago in Supercoach as a point of difference, and he was yep. unreal, and I love watching him play. Yep. So, so, so yeah. would you look at like talking of that? Would you then look at going a Neil Oliver McRae, Tom Mitchell? He still averaged 113 yeah. with the yep. lower quarters. He's, we know he's going to go back up, and, and that's going to depend on Hawthorne's team success. So you lock in those four premiums, and yep. then rest rookies. Like, do you risk going four rookies? Obviously, you're yeah. going to have. Or, or you know, Chuck Real and maybe Walsh in there as well. They've always yeah. been a bit cheaper, but um, like, do you look at going that, or do you drop? Don't go Mitchell and then go Walsh and Real. Like that's it's a good question. I think, and you know what's really going to uh, sort of play into this is how much you're going to pay for Rucks. If you want Grundy and uh, Gorn, they're going to cost you even more than they did this year because yep. Gorn's price is going to be ridiculous. We might spend half the episode on Rucks well, when we get to it. To be honest, <laughs> we might. So let's say if you're picking Lloyd, then you're picking Gorn and Grundy and Neil. Uh, how are you going to afford? to go that far deep yep. in the midfield. And that, yep. that look, it might depend on what rookies come in. And the other problem we've had, we haven't even mentioned this, is because this season a lot of extra rookies would have played because of injuries and resting yeah, and management, yep. that sort of thing. Less rookies for next year. But also remember they're going to reduce the list size as well next year. Yep. So that brings a whole other sort of level of complexity into it. But it's a great point. Now, one thing about Tom Mitchell, uh, this year his scoring was just fine. He averaged 113. You know, shortened quarters wouldn't have played well into his game. But he played 17 games, right? Uh, the guys you mentioned, Neil, Oliver, McRae, they played 17 games. You know, then you look at Fife, he didn't play 17 games. Josh yep. Kelly didn't play 17 games. Yep. I think we need to be a little bit more strict on our never again list. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, there's always five. He misses two games and you <laughs> bloody don't want him to. Then, yeah, you know, I reckon I might have said to you when Kelly was... Um, I think we said it on the podcast when Kelly was ruled out with a concussion. I said he's not going to play the week after. I bet you won't play the week after, and he didn't. Yep. I should have traded him, but I, I hung on to him anyway. <laughs> 
it's just such a shame. But I think this season's really taught us that you really need to go after durability. And I yep. think for me, uh, and yeah, Tom Mitchell's definitely one. He's come off a bloody broken leg and he's played every game this season, even when they thought he wouldn't. Probably the gap between round one and, and two would have helped him a lot. But I'm probably looking at Neil Oliver McRae because they're the top three you're locking forever now. And then probably Tom Mitchell for his durability and then pick the rest of the team around that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I like those top three are definite for me. And, you know, just looking through, Fitzy, I think, and we spoke about this at the start of the year, like Hugh McCluggage, average mm. 101. Mm. He can't, there's no reason why you, you wouldn't, True. he can't go to that next level with, yep. with Brisbane. Um, the only issue there is obviously Lockie Neal. Um, Brayshaw, we all started with him, oh, dropped him when he was, him. he was our, bur- <laughs> he, he burnt us and then he he just said, that nah, stuff, stuff the uh, Grey Wolf Supercoach boys uh, <laughs> and just went on to average 101. But that that's, and that's where we'll talk about Fife. Yeah. Um, a bit later. Um, but he, he when Fife did get injured, that's where Brayshaw went in. I think True. they realised that maybe we put Brayshaw in the midfield and let's let's put Fife forward. Yeah. And it's what Geelong have done is yep. they've got Parfit in there and Guthrie and Duncan and Men- Menengola replaced Kelly. And uh, and that was the big worry for Geelong is who's going to replace Tim Kelly. Menengola did that, no worries. Mm. We had no mm. issues there. Um, and that allowed Danger to go forward. And you saw in that last game against Sydney that Geelong looked cooked and Danger yeah. went forward and changed the whole game. Yeah, so, yep, yep. Um, you know, I'd be watching out for you're going to have those top guys and then you're going to have these next tier of the youngsters coming through. And you saw it when, you know, McRae and Fife were coming through. Then mm. They were the, the around this bracket. You've got McCluggage, Brasher and Walsh. Mm. They're going to be your three that to yeah. keep an eye on, I yep. think. And Rao as well. I'd and throw him, I'd throw him in there too. Yep. Yep. It's very it's interesting because it's very hard to pick the breakout plays in the midfield, isn't it? Because even you mentioned McCluggage and a lot of people started him this year thinking, all right, he's going to make the jump to that 105, 110 sort of bracket. And, you know, 101, you're not sort of, you're not annoyed with that, but you're like, oh, you yep. know, if it was five points more, you'd probably be a lot more happy with it. So... But then again, like, you know, you've got to bring a bit of fun into it too. Like, why the heck not pick Matty Rowell? He's the once-in-a-generation talent. I, I'm probably going to start with him next year. He'll average 110 easily, yep. I reckon. And you just look at him tucking his bloody shirt in and hanging yep. around the footy club. He's, he's yep. one, one of a kind. But, yeah, so the midfield, interesting, Gracie. It's, um like I said, it's it's the biggest headache sometimes in Supercoach. But I think we both ended up with a fairly solid midfield. But let's move on to the ruck department. And this is where it gets a little bit, little bit interesting, especially for next season. Uh, we have to start off by saying, like, Maxi gone, like what an unreal effort. Average uh, finish the season averaging uh, 139.9, so the best part of 140. He missed a couple of games in there. He was just unreal, wasn't he? He was. I started with him. Um, obviously, got to that stage where it was important that you know you had to win games, and I had to drop him down. Yeah. So um, yep. I went to. I can't remember who I dropped. Oh, I dropped to Laddams. Yeah. Um, yep. And then Laddams went and decided to have a party. <laughs> Um, so there was a there was a trade that was gone. <laughs> yeah. um, I ended up with Riley O'Brien and, and Grundy. And look, Riley O'Brien, Fitzy next year is definitely one to keep an eye on. He, mm. I was concerned that his around the groundwork wasn't good, um, but his preparation that he put into games, we all saw it on Twitter that yeah. you know, the preparation he did on the rucks. Yep. He outplayed majority of the ruckmen, probably apart from Grundy and Gorn mm. all mm. year in a side that put, what won four games, three games. Yeah, at the end, know. three games. Yeah. Um, and he averaged 106. Like he's probably that next. He'll, he'll, I reckon yeah. he could take that next step to being that 115 mark. Um, he's still going to start Grundy and Gorn. I think. Yeah. I, I started with Sam Jacobs, and he played five games for the year. Yeah. And that stuff. I ended up going to Naismith. Naismith yeah, did I did too. Yep. Then I went to. Um, <laughs> then I thought, stuff it, I'll get Gorn. So I got Gorn. Yeah. Gorn got injured, so I know Laddams. Then I ended up with. So I, oh, I spent geez. probably what four or five trades yeah. on my rucks. Yep. That could have finished my team and. All because I started with a mid pricer. So mm. next year, if you start with a mid pricer, just delete your super coach straight away. That's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> okay. calling it now. Yeah, fair, the rucks fair. have annoyed me yeah. this year, and yep. it's been we've done it before. You know, who was it for Essendon? Uh, Loinberger. We started. Oh, with don't yep. talk about that. Uh, oh. We've done it before, and I've done it again, and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> um, so it's oh, Grundy. Grundy and Gorn, I don't care how much they cost. Yeah. They are in. They're yep. the first two pick next yep. year. Yeah, I, I don't because really have much to add to that. that like was, Grundy yep. averaged 120. Finish on 560. I, I don't know. I think he'll be 600. Um, Gorn's yeah. going to be closer to 700. Gorn will be over 700. He averaged, um, even those years that Gaz was averaging 140, he was 700K the year yeah. after. So unless they bring maybe super coach prices across the board down a bit because yep. of the game, you know, the game changing yeah. the times and whatnot. Yeah. 
But I think this season really goes to show that you need to spend up on your rucks. I was the same. I finished with, I started with Naismith and Grundy. Ended up bringing in Goldstein. It was fine as a ruck too. Yep. He really tapered off at the end of the season. And he, I don't think he'll be relevant after this year. Yep. But I know that a lot of the problems was, you know, when Grundy and Gorn the last few years have been breaking out, people have gone, oh, you know, the rucks never back it up. You know, like Cruz has one good year, then he never does it again and that kind of thing. And other than like, you know, Dean Cox and Sanderlands back in the day, you've never seen two rucks back it up. But I think next season, like you said, yeah, the Start with those two or don't bother, yeah. honestly. The I only other one I simple. would consider, or two, is Riley O'Brien and Nick Nat. That's it. Yeah. I would not be touching any other Ruckman next yep. year. No, I think That's I've got to agree with you there. Right, Nick, and durability, people say, oh, don't pick Nick Nat. He's going to get rested, Jono. Yeah. Um, he played 16 games. He missed yeah. one game. Yep. Yep. Because he was he was sore and he was a late withdrawal. Yeah, so, that's true. He was a late um, withdrawal, wasn't he? He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't not named. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, um, yep. you know, look, there's guys like, you know, Marshall. Marshall's an interesting one because there's a lot of rumours he might go elsewhere but with Paddy Ryder oh, there. He'll be a forward um, next year. I'll be picking him in yeah. the forward line. Um, yep. Tim English, obviously, up and coming as well. Um, but there's just no one else there. Sean Darcy's got a long way to go. There's a mine. Just to sort of cut you in there, because then I ended up picking, I put Mark Pittnett in, was good for a few games, and he completely dropped off. But there's a huge, there's a huge sort of gap between the top tier and the rest, isn't there? Like, it's sort of like back in the day with with uh, NFL fantasy. There's Rob Gronkowski, then there's everybody else. Yeah. Like, it's the same with 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 Rucks in Supercoach. Yeah. It's Gr- it's Grundy, Gorn, and then it's everyone else underneath. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much the full stop on that one. Yep. I think that's a lesson learned. Yep. Um, yeah, you've just you put me to a dark place talking about Matthew Lewenberger, <laughs> that's for sure. So I think you just pay up for Rucks next year and just close the door on it. I just the, – the way that I've, I spent five trades this year because of – and look, it's bad luck because of injuries. I mean, Peter Laddams Labin, was an absolute idiot <laughs> um, and, and did that. But, um, yeah, I just – it's not worth – Losing five trades, like I could have upgraded Houston, mm. I could have upgraded Viney, and I may have made like I did win a grand final in I, I won the Sergeant Supercoach. Oh, did final, you really? So, yeah, well done. that's good. Um, that's like a non-existent now that Verney <laughs> doesn't do much with it. But <laughs> yeah, that's very no, true. that's um, but I still made one grand final. But you know, yeah, yeah. I fell away quite big towards the end because of because of trades yeah, um, yeah. and having to play a Viney over a. I don't know. Clayton Oliver. Yep. There's there's yep. twenty points per game. Yep. Average difference. Guns and rookies, mm. Gracie. Yep. It's this time of the season yep. we all regret not doing it. But let's push on to the forward line before we move on to the all Australian teams and getting your thoughts on that one. But the, the forward line was it's probably an area of frustration for a lot of us. I think the uh the Brayshaw breakout did happen, but it didn't happen until about round four when we'd all nicked him off. So, you know, kudos to everyone who kept him. But we, of course we've got to keep in mind we had a big break between round one and two, and we got all those extra trades as well, which we I've said it a few times now. Now, we probably would have kept him uh, if it wasn't for all those extra yep. trades. But who did you finish up with in your forward line, Gracie? Um, so my forward line was uh, Petraka, Whitfield, Greenwood, Martin, Smith and Walters. Uh, out of who I started, Whitfield and Martin were the only two that survived, remained. Yep, yep. So uh, I bought all the others in, bought Petraka in towards the end. Um if we go back to our first few episodes, I was all over Petraka. I had him in, yeah, and I didn't do it, <laughs> and that that hurt because he was he hadn't proven himself. Like we all knew he could do it. He has the talent, but he just mm. didn't commit. And obviously, mm. committed this year, and now we know he can do it. And to be honest, depending on who gets um, what positions are changed next year, we know the forward line often changes a lot. Um, and there's rumours of that Fife will be a forward and Danger will be a forward. Mm. So. Um, Look out! If neither of them are forwards, I'm picking Petraka. Yeah. If them they're forwards, I'm picking both. I don't of them, think Petraka so. will be a forward next year, would he? He played majority midfield. But having said that, yeah. if you go by the All Australian selectors, we'll have Bont and bloody Dangerfield <laughs> and Martin anyway. So that continue. is true. That is true. So and Whitfield will probably be a defender next yeah. year as well. Yeah. So yep. he's another one that you can consider for your locks. Um, down down the back line, but um, look, you know, Walters I brought in Fitzy. He dropped off towards the end of the year, injuries and and mm. just form. Um, Bailey Smith was okay. Um, it's uh, Greenwood was good. I brought him in, but you know, I would have loved to have brought in um, Tom Hawkins. Fitzy, I had him. Yeah, you. Boy. I, I wanted to bring him in, and then. Um, I think an injury. Oh, the Peter Laddams thing oh, happened. Yeah. Just blame him for everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he scored 200, didn't he, like the week after? Yeah, that game he scored 100 and, or 205, I think it was. That so. really sucks. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad as trading down John O'Brien. But, no, that's know. true. That's a, that's a story for another day. But, you <laughs> know, if you had told me at the start of the season, Gracie, that the top three 
forwards for overall scoring were Petraka, Hawkins, and Greenwood, I probably would have laughed at you yeah. and then run away. Yeah. Like, I would not have picked yeah. that in a million years. I yeah. wouldn't have not have picked that Brayshaw would finish on more points overall than Dusty. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because I remember back at our first podcast, we said basically lock in Darcy, lock in Whitfield, and who cares about yep. the rest because they're not going to be anywhere yep. near them. Yep. I would not have expected to have so many options score so well this season. Yeah. It's actually quite bizarre. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't have had Jai Simkin as the number no. seven overall scoring forward. Even so. as a North Melbourne player, and if he mm. didn't bugger up his ankle in about round six, he probably would have scored a lot better than that. He was obviously yep. hampered by it most of this year, but um, yep. I'll quickly run through mine. Whitfield came in and out for me, traded him out when he had that concussion game, and you know, kudos him. He was the fourth overall scoring forward and he had like an eight in a game so he he gets locked away for me no matter where he is next season Hugh Greenwood was unreal I would not have expected him to go 105 this year uh, Dusty Charlie Dixon I bought in towards the end that was a, that was a good pick in the end uh, Chad Wingard is where a lot of my problems started and I had Geyser in there as my last forward too so yeah yep. not, not great but not Excellent. Missing Petraka was probably the big one for me. And um, I've said this on an earlier podcast because I was ranking, I was in, I was about 67th overall after round three or four because of Chad Wingard's good scoring. And then that's about where my good luck stopped. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, lessons to learn for next year, that's for sure. But uh, it's going to be very interesting what happens to the forwards. You've already mentioned a few names that might pop up. Fife would be very close, I think, to being a forward. Dusty will probably stay as a forward. You know, you might throw, there'll be a surprise in there. Like it might be a Bont or a Dangerfield might pop up because of the, the All-Australian team. But assuming that Petraka's not a forward, assuming that Brayshaw's not a forward, Whitfield's not a forward, Simkin won't be a forward, and Bailey Smith as well, who are sort of two or three looking at for next year just based off who's currently a forward? Uh, currently a forward. Um, that's a tough one, Fitzy. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's the DPP that always gets you in the forward line every year. Yeah, You've got to work around that. Yeah. Um, it's going to depend on on, Mo- on on what happens with a few players. Like Jeremy Cameron's uncontracted at the moment and mm-hmm. Geelong's linked to him. It's no, no surprise there. to North Melbourne. Um, so, you know, if he ends up at Geelong, he, him and Hawkins, you know, there's no reason why they both can't kick 50 goals for the year. And yeah. 50 goals for a forward is, is an average of probably 90 to 95, mm. which isn't too bad. Key forward, I'd probably pick... Cameron over Hawkins just yeah. because he can move around a bit didn't, more. Uh, didn't Geelong pay, pay big bucks for Josh Jenkins? Isn't he sitting in oh, that position who now? Who knows where he'll end up. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough one. Fitzy, like, Papley started off the year well and a few people jumped on him. He finished yep. off for Dan Butler. I feel sorry for all those people that traded oh. Dan Butler in and then they played Geelong. And what did he score against Geelong? And that happened. He scored 20. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's and I'll just cut in there because it is tough. And one guy we've got to remember for next season is Heaney and yep. Franklin. Yep. I think you'd probably get away with maybe one of them, probably Heaney over Franklin if you're picking one of them. But yep. I think Dusty will be a forward again. He he should be anyway. Uh, one guy I like that you ended up with is Michael Walters. I think the end of the season, because he did miss a couple of games with an injury and he didn't come back quite right. But I think I'd probably start with him next year. I reckon he gets enough midfield time. He uses the ball well enough. He'd almost be your forward two after Martin, depending on which other uh, you know midfielders get named in the forward yep. line. It's yep. probably a bit hard to be picking one at this stage, though, isn't it? Oh, you just don't know. But I'm really hoping that it. You know, the rumours are that Fife and Danger are forwards because they're your first two picked. Um, you know, behind uh, you could look at a Walters. Um, you know, Toby Green. He he, yeah, had a, he yep. missed a few games and he was quiet. Um, but I'd still, you know, he's an elite talent. Um, Darcy Parrish probably won't be a forward next year. Looking at that, Wingard. Wingard's a hard one because he's got the talent, but. Yeah, the, it's, the thing with Wingard, he was the best player in the competition after round four. He could even be leading the Brownlow at round four. And then yeah. Clarko just put him forward. I think Bruce might have missed a few games, so he went forward. And then, like, it's like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Hawthorne, but it's like putting your, your Lamborghini in the garage for me and then just taking it out on the weekend sort well, of thing. Like He, he had you know. three tons, three over 120 in the first four rounds, and then he scored two tons for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. So, like I said, he was, a, he was the best player in the comp for the first month, and yeah. then he just just fell off the face yeah. of the earth. But then they put him in, because I watched a few Hawthorne games, they put him in the midfield. He has three or four possessions and just beautiful possessions. And then they put him back in the forward line to do nothing yeah. again. So, yeah. you know, lesson learned there for, for Wingard. He's, he's done it before though. It, it's just a role-based thing. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, yeah. so I think the forwards will be more of a wait and see who gets DPP. And, yeah. you know, like if we're lucky enough to get Danger or Fife, yeah. we're picking them straight yeah. away. And don't touch Devin Smith. I'm done with Devin Smith. <laughs> 
I'm done with Devon Smith yeah. too. Yeah. Oh man, don't. Oh, there's too many bad memories of this year. But all right, Grace. So let's wrap up the Supercoach part of this episode. And we'll move on to the Australian team. But before we do, give us just a couple of general tips uh, or a couple of things you've learned from this season. You've mentioned a couple along the way, but just to finish this off for the season 2020, yep. uh, throw a couple at us just for the listeners. Yeah, I think uh, as I've already mentioned, is is the mid prices are just uh, unless you nail it. Yeah, and if you don't nail it like I didn't, mm. then you're, you're buggered and yep. it just ruined. Like, you end up with a half-completed team. Like, I didn't really want to finish with Houston, um, you know, Shepard. Like, if I had money at the end of last round, I would have brought in Jake Lloyd if I could have. But, um, yeah, you, I just didn't have that luxury. Viney, yep. you know, I didn't really – I'd rather not end the year with Bailey Smith as my fifth forward. I'd rather, you know, bring in a Hawkins or – you know, Brayshaw or someone like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's averaging a bit more. So you just got to, I think, bite the bullet, pay the money for the guys that score, and 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 really do your research on your rookies. I think. I think mm. um, you know, don't just look at the top draftees. There's guys that come out of nowhere that that have scored quite well this year. Like, mm. you know, had you would have heard of Jake Riccardi before the start yeah. of the year, like well, guys the, like that. The mould for that is probably Butterick. Like, yeah. he, he played yep. every game until he got injured. Yeah, okay, he was a bit of a slow burn, but his job security was yep. unreal. If he needed 50 yep. points, there's your man. Shoal, so. Shoal started Shoal was great. He, yeah, ended yeah. Up, he ended up at 300k. Like, it's those... And, and Adelaide are going to be the team again next year that they're going to have a clean out. Like, I, I don't mm. see Crouch sticking around. No, nah, Brad, Brad will be at North Melbourne. Yeah, um, T- Talia... Um, reports that he may may leave and go elsewhere yeah, or, or yep. retire. Um, so they need another defender there. Um, like there's there's plenty of opportunities there at, at, mm. at Adelaide, and you know um, Gold Coast for sure will have others pop up. GWS they may not have a team next year with <laughs> everyone that wants out. Heath Shaw will be there, um, Gracie. Come yeah. On. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there's plenty of opportunities there. Like North's obviously had a clean out. There's going to be opportunities mm. there for mm. some some rookies to yeah, to come in sure. as well. So yeah, that's Hawthorne. You know, what are they going to do? Um, you know, there's reports of Gunston going to Collingwood, apparently. Really? So, Is everyone going to Collingwood, um, are they? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, um, definitely pay up. Do your research on rookies, which is probably what hurt a little bit this year. Yeah. To, and it was hard because, obviously, we had such a big break, but... That's probably the time. And to probably with rookies, we also had uh, price rises after two games instead of three. Yep. And we also had, what, five less games to, yep. to make money out of rookies yep. too. Yep. So there was a lot going on in there to, to sort of weigh up. But those are some brilliant tips. And, and, don't, add, and don't trade rookies early just yeah, for the sake of it. Let them. Let them. We've obviously had a few of our, our fellow uh, – Leaguers in yep. the Grey Wolf League that did that and it, it cost them towards yeah, the end. Yeah, you of end year. up with no money, don't mm. you? I think you're right, and I think if you end up again like a Butterick, who's a perfect example of a slow burn, but just let him let him play. Like he'll get the average on on odd eighty, and then just bumps up their price up. Those are some great tips. So the other one I'm going to throw in there, Gracie, is durability. You need the guys that are going to play every game, and I think that's so important this year. I made a few decisions towards the end of the year, like I said, with like Sard and even Shepard to bring them yep. in because I know they're going to play. You know, you don't want to be bringing in guys that are that. that Injury risk. Josh Kelly, I think he's on my never again list now, and which hurts me because I love watching him play. And I think Fife has to be on there as well. We just can't have him coming in, then missing a game, then he misses another one, then he gets injured again. Yeah. And you look at it, and look if you want to go for just for leagues, pick those guys. But mm. if you want to go for overall, which I think the best I've finished in a year is about four or five thousand. Um, you know, I want to try and crack into that top two thousand yeah. in the next yep. next year or two, and you know you can't have guys like Fife missing one game and you know you miss out on 120 points compared to a rookie who might score 30 yeah like, yeah exactly. that's the difference between you finishing 6,000 or 1,500s so. yeah exactly and I think mm. that's a that's a perfect uh, probably lesson to, to finish on but we'll be back talking super coach early next year we'll do more roundups we'll do more player discussions and and we'll get into it nice and early but Gracie let's switch things up we got to talk about the All-Australian team which was announced last night as of when we're recording this uh, I really want to get your thoughts and a few controversial picks uh, that I mean happens every bloody year actually doesn't it but yep. uh, let's read through this and, and we'll get your thoughts along the way but of course in defence we had Brad Shepard Harris Andrews Luke Ryan uh, then the halfback line Nick Haynes, Darcy Moore, and Darcy Byrne Jones, who for me was probably the surprise uh, of, of all this in terms of just the back line for now. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and um, I think overall, uh, before I get into it, all Australian, as I mentioned to you off air earlier, is I think it's the most accurate team on what 
happened this year with players playing well and who played well. Um, back line wise, Shepard, I'm happy with. Like he had a good year. Yeah, you, he take, was great. you take Shepard out of that Eagles defense and they struggle. And he bloody um, deserves it too. Yeah. Like he, um, well Harris ends. Andrews, he's going to be the, the fullback for the next 10 years. Uh, Luke Ryan, we all know, dominated at yeah, Frio. Yep. Might change next year with a couple of defenders back, but hopefully doesn't. Haynes. For me, he had a good probably half to just over half a year and then dropped right off with mm. GWS's form. Um, so I think he may have got picked on his first half year form. Yeah, yep. Darcy Moore, I've, n- I've never been a fan of Darcy Moore. And, and there's people out there that are. Um, but like, you know, Stephen May at Melbourne had a Yeah, he wasn't even year, in the squad. Didn't make the squad. Mm. And Darcy Moore's been picked over. I honestly would have had Stephen May. Yeah. What about Weedering? Would you fit him in? Oh, I felt stiff for Weedering. Yeah. I think because Carlton didn't win, it, win enough. If Carlton won another three or four games, I think Weedering would have been I, I had. I would have had Weedering in my team yeah. over Darcy Moore. And actually. I think that's why... Moore got in because Collingwood finished in the finals. Yeah, and they do to, they do use that as a factor. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And um, and Burn Jones, same as me. I'm quite surprised, you know. Mm. Uh, and that's the thing. Sydney had a made top eight. Jake Lloyd would have been in. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, you got to look at Lloyd like he's a great possession getter. And then they talk about what's the criteria. Well, they've got to be able to create off half back. Arguably, he's the best at that in the he's league. The best, he's the best kick off half back in the league. Hundred yep. percent, easily. Yep. Actually, other than Caleb Daniel, but yeah. I, I would have. I oh, and where's, where's oh Caleb Daniel? He's on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I would have spewed if he didn't make it. Actually, reminds me a couple of years ago when Matty Boyd was named on the bench as a defender. Well, Shane Edwards, like oh yeah. We're not getting into that. Um, but I, I, I think Burn Jones was quite lucky. I actually didn't yeah. think he had that big of a season. I would have even had Tom Jonas in there, another mm. Port Adelaide player, if they had to. Yeah. But for that that position yeah. for me, Gracie, I would have had probably Caleb Daniel on the field so, and Weeder yeah, in the centre so, back. And I know we uh, we probably look at it more of a super coach. Why? And a lot of people do look at the All Australian mm. on stats at super coach. But I think they've gone this year more on how important they were to their team, it yeah. seems, because, yep. you know, why wasn't Tom Stewart in over Darcy Byrne? Like, there's so many yeah. guys that could have yeah. got him over Darcy Byrne Jones. Stewart yeah. obviously missed a couple of games, but, you know, he still had a pretty yeah. consistent year. Well, would you have had Blissarves over Stewart in this team? Yep. Yeah, so yep. I probably would have had him over. Yep. But but then having said that, because I think the, the super coach sort of veil does sort of cloud your judgment sometimes, yeah. and that's that's only fair. Yep. Because the thing is, Nick Haynes took over more of a key defensive post because Phil Davis was injured towards mm. the end of the season, and so was Taylor, yeah, Sam yeah, Taylor. True, so true. so Haynes' last probably five or six games were probably more as a key defender. So yep. you look at that team, you go, well, he's the third tall, and that's actually pretty accurate, I would yep. have thought, in that yep. side. But yeah, I think Byrne Jones is probably the one for me that I would have had Caleb Daniel in that position. Like, he used the ball best off halfback of anyone. Uh, if not him, maybe Jordan Ridley, I think probably deserved a spot. He was unreal for Essendon this season. Um, but that's probably the one spot. I mean, I can see arguments for all the other guys and they all deserved it. I would have had Weedering over more. But you got to look at where the team finished too. Like yep. you sort of said, what's the effect on the team? They sort of yep. use that as a, a factor nowadays. But Burn Jones, probably a bit of a factor of the, the Port Adelaide finishing on top. Sort yep. of... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, Geelong's had bloody seven plays in the team at different points and they've finished on top. So yeah. probably yeah. a very similar thing. But I think, I actually think that the team, I think the back line was probably the most accurate for me. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about the rest of it and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But back line for me, the only change is Weedering for Moore and Daniel for Burnt Jones. Yep. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go May for Moore and... Um, I'd say yeah, Daniel Lloyd for yep. for Burn Jones. Yep. No, that's that's some fantastic uh, analysis there, Grace. And we'll move on to the midfield, and this is probably where it starts to get a bit a little, a little bit hazy for me. But we had Jack McRae on a wing, Travis Boak in the midfield, absolute lock. He's an unreal talent, obviously. Cam Guthrie on the other wing. I don't yep. know about that pick, but we'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, Nick Natanui as the ruck. Uh, as much as I would have loved Goldstein in there, Nick Natanui was probably the best ruckman this season if you just look at his influence in the ruck. Oh, yeah. um, and then Christian Petraka and Lockie Neal on yep. the ball. So what are yep. your thoughts on that line just to start with? Yeah, McRae, uh, I'm happy with all those. Um, I probably, and you said it earlier, uh, men in goal were over Guthrie. Yeah. Um, to me, Guthrie, Guthrie locked down a lot of opposition midfielders this mm. year uh, and, and the big midfielders when we played. So, um, like, that, I think the game against the Bulldogs where they went up six goals in the first quarter, he went to McRae, I think, after that because McRae started quite well um, and, and just shut him down. Yep. Um, so, I can see maybe why he got in over Menengola because uh, Menengola was in the squad um, from memory, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would have thought um, he was the best wingman this year. Yeah, oh, by far. And he, he actually plays on yeah, the wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I can sort of see why they picked Guthrie, but, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have 
worried if Meningola was there. Yeah, either, that's so. that's probably where I, I disagree with it. I think like Guthrie had a great season, but Meningola was the best wingman in the in the league this year. Yeah, I know a lot of people threw McCluggage out there. I didn't think he was as good as some of these guys. I don't mind them having. I think Bontempelli was on the wing last year. I don't mind yeah. them having an extra midfielder on the wing because that like Gaffline's up on the wing. He's a midfielder, but I just don't. I just don't think Guthrie. He didn't even play on the wing. Like there's mm. there's Meningola's spot right there, and I know that was what a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about. But I really think he deserved that this year for an unreal season playing on the wing. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to disagree. I, yeah. I think um, I think Menengola probably, yeah, deserves to be there over. Yeah, I, I, I know that. Through. And I know, look, you know, it's like the AFL's going down the NBA path with the, um, with the All-NBA. It's just basically positionless now, isn't it? So, yeah. um, But anyway, look, otherwise I think that was pretty, pretty much spot on. Uh, but let's move into the forward line. Here's where my discrepancy probably comes into play. We had Dangerfield on the half-forward flank, Charlie Dixon at centre-half-forward, Bontempelli on the other flank. And then the full forward line was Liam Ryan, who was, I thought was well-deserved. Tommy Hawkins at full forward, of course, and Dusty in the forward pocket. Uh, now, this is the argument we have every single season. Why they do they pick midfielders in the forward line of the All-Australian team? Now, I think Martin probably, yes. I think I'm okay with that. Probably as a half forward, maybe over yep. a, a, on the full forward line. I don't think he would have lined up. He lines up a full forward. I don't think he plays in the full pocket. Mm. But Dangerfield and Bontepelli in the half full forward lines, I don't feel they deserve to be in the team at all. It's... Oh, probably oh, I tend to agree because you know you've, you, there's some half forwards out there that that have had great years that aren't in the team. I yeah, guess. like we'll look at Dan Butler. I know he tailed off a lot, but he had the most tackles inside fifty. He had the most goals as a small forward this year. Even Tom yeah. Papley was another yeah. one. I know Sydney didn't finish as well. I would have probably been okay with maybe one of Danger or Bont in there, but they need to have some forwards in there. For yeah, sake. Like I know last year they were a bit close. Like Walters was in there and um, and some other forwards, but I I just I don't like that at yeah. all. Honestly, yeah. Yep. Um, I know. Look, I know Danger plays a bit of full forward. I know Bontempelli plays a bit of full forward, but if you're yep. looking at an all Australian team in a representation of all the positions that they should be picked in, uh, I would have had Butler in there. I would have had him in the forward pocket, Martin on one of the forward flanks, and yep. I probably would have been okay with one of Bont or Danger, but. But you've got to look at it, and I think, and you'll probably disagree with this, but like Dangerfield gets picked for his eighth All-Australian. We know the AFL love romance. Like they love Dusty Martin in there. Like Joel Selwood was the same. He was just getting picked because of his name. And I know you yep. probably disagree with that, but I don't even think Dangerfield had that good of a season. He didn't, know. To be honest. No, I don't. No. I would have had Guthrie, Menegola, Duncan would have been close being in there over him. I would have had a few yeah. of those guys over Danger. Yeah. I think Danger may have got picked, as you said, of the, the romance side of it, yeah. but also... There was games where he did turn games, and I think they've just looked at that and then the romance and... Yeah, and it's the romance yeah. of it all. Like, um, it really is. And I know, like, you know, that's... I know we've probably messaged about this in the past. That's why they picked Selwood all those times. It's just the romance mm. of it. Oh, you know, that's his seventh selection. And, like, Dangerfield's only, like, the fourth or fifth player to be picked eight times. That's why they've made him captain, obviously. Yeah. It's the yeah. romance of the whole thing. You know, I just... And, like, it was Buddy there a couple of years ago because he yeah. was the captain. That was, like, his seventh pick or whatever. Yeah. And, Yep. I just, I just, I, I just disagree with them picking half like midfielders on the half forward line. They do it every year, and it's not going to stop. But even Bont and Pally, I mean, if they're going to pick him, put him on the bench. You know, yep. like actually, you know, with suckers, there was a lot of times like you know, Lindsay Thomas at one point was the best forward pocket in the league. He never got picked because they just put midfielders in the forward line. You yep. know, and I'm probably just sounding salty, but it would yep. just sort of suck. You know, I really think Dan Butler deserved a chance. Yeah, he tailed off, but if you yep. look at the numbers, he was so, right up there. So, we, like looking at that forward line as well, like. Jack Gunston finished third in the Coleman, 31 yeah, goals. Yeah, yep. Matt Taberner was fifth with 29 goals. Like, did Gunston even make the squad? He did, yeah. I, I um, saw him in a few uh, a few sides. I probably would, because yeah. like, usually they have picked, and this is the same, like Ben Brown's another one. You know, he was like second in the Coleman the last years and never gets a look in, yep. you know, because they pick more midfielders. Yep. So I really feel like if they're picking a team that's accurate, you'd have your two key forwards. You'd have a, yep. a Gunston or a third tall type. You have your forward pockets, like a Liam Ryan. He was well-deserving. Maybe one midfielder on a forward flank, because that's probably fair. Yep. But then you need to have another forward on the other yep. flank. Like, I yep. would have thought that would be yep. the way they do it. Yeah, yeah. See, um, and you mentioned uh, about Liam Ryan. Um, see, I'm, I'm opposite to you. I, I don't think – I didn't rate Ryan this year. That That's no? my opinion. Um, he's obviously important to West Coast, but I don't know. I just – I didn't um, – How many goals did he kick for the year? He kicked 25. Yeah. So he was he – was But if you're looking at forward 13. pockets, out of forward pockets. Well, I guess Dan Butler was ahead of him. As well, yeah. And but, then the, but then they take into account, like I said, the the forward pressure acts, the tackles, all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And obviously team team success as yeah. well. Is, but is like, a big thing, but. Would, so who would you have in the forward pocket over Liam Ryan? 
Well, I'd probably go either Butler or Papley. Yeah, I would have. I would have probably had those all of, in the team. Yeah. All of them, yep. to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's where the discrepancy starts for me. Like, I mean, uh, Papley. Um, but the thing with Papley is, like, Sydney finished, what, fourth last or whatever. Like, mm. that's where it probably falls down for small yep. forwards. Like, and even, like, back pockets, that kind yep. of thing. That's probably harder. So, that, the last game, Papley kicked one goal, six, I think mm. it was. He had to kick six goals, one. He would have finished yeah. third in the Coleman. And he would have been and picked. He probably, I guarantee reckon? it, he would have been picked. Well, on the flip side of that, didn't Gunston kick five or four goals in the last round as well? Oh, I'm not sure. So, I yeah, so. I reckon he did. So, that's, like, I mean, it's sort of, it's up and about. Yeah. But, like, point being, I would have had any of the names you've just said. I would have had Papley in there. I would have had uh, Butler in there for sure. Like, even early in the season, he turned St. Kilda around on his, yep. on his own. Yeah, yep. okay, they tailed off at the end of the year. But you can't have Dangerfield and Bontepelli in there. Like, what seriously. A, and, and it's it's it's, it's 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 another difficult one. And, like, I, I don't like Richmond players at all, to be honest. But, <laughs> um, like, Lynch and Rewald, like, when they were injured at the start of the year, Richmond struggled. Mm. Um. Mm. They're in more, as important to the team as as any one of those guys that are in there yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So and Lynch was top. He was top five or top six. six yeah, twenty eight yeah. goals. So he was only um, four off Charlie Dixon. Like mm. I know they don't want to go too many tall fours with Hawkins and and Dixon there, but I, I'm pretty sure in previous years there was you know there was always Pav, Rewalt, Brown. Yeah, like, I, I think if they're going to structure it like a forward line, they need to pick two keys and like I said before, a third tall, which Gunson fits the mold, or or Rewalt yeah. for example. Pick your forward pockets and then pick maybe a midfielder. Yeah, that, that's fine. Like that's how they. That's that's a fair way to structure it. But I just don't think that you can have three midfielders in the in the forward line. Because I think well, what did I don't even know danger in that. I don't even in the top thing here for goals. Yeah, they didn't kick many. No, <laughs> they so, didn't kick many at all. Um, know, I think Meningola kicked more goals than Dane. Yeah, to be honest. There so, you go. So um, put out him in the forward line. But anyway, Gracie, we'll keep moving because that's we could talk about that all night. We'll quickly flick to the bench, and I feel like the the players on the bench that make up the team here are probably fair enough. Uh, Jack Steele, Taylor Adams had a good season. It was very underrated, I thought. Caleb Daniels, I was so happy he made the team, and then Maxi Gorn. So they've picked another ruckman again this yep. year. Yep. Is there anyone else that you feel missed out that should have made the side? Um, not. Not that I can think of. Clayton Oliver was probably stiff uh, a little bit. Um, trying to think of, of others. He, yeah. He's probably the more more consistent one that um, that didn't make it. Yeah, probably a bit stiff there. Other than some of those think forwards. Of too many. Look, Goldie had a good year, but obviously North weren't that successful, so that probably hurt him a little bit. But I thought he was good, and you know, you're not going to pick him over Gorn and. And Nick Nat, I don't mm. think. Mm. Look, Grundy played every game, and Grundy was solid for Collingwood. Yeah. You take Grundy out yeah. of Collingwood, and Collingwood finished bottom four, easy yeah. bottom yeah, five. Yeah, agreed. Like who's they, they got? Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. Like, yeah, they're not going to win <laughs> your <Bugger> games. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but, no, I agree. The um, the only change I probably would have made, I would have had Steele on the field. I reckon. I know that's only a small thing, anyway. But then who do you replace out of Boat, Patraka, and Neil? You know, they've all had great seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a hard one. But, yeah, look, that's probably the thing for me, Gracie. A few minor changes. I mean, then, like, no one's ever going to agree with it. Like, at the end of the day, it's always going to create some controversy. But um, for me, a few changes in the back line there and, and just a restructure and a rethink of the forwards. But, I mean, I do look forward to picking Danger, Bond, and Martin as my first three forwards in Supercoach. Well, that's what it should be. The Supercoach should reflect the All-Australian team. It should, yeah, like, exactly. How good would that be? Having Bond and Danger and Fife as you <laughs> Your three forwards like, and Dusty's. They make a four. Yeah, um, yeah, which then makes me think though. Like, obviously, Supercoach use the on ground uh, percentage, don't they? Like, it's got is it thirty five percent in one position to be picked in that position? Like, should the All Australian use a similar formula, or maybe should they pick like you know here's the defenders, here's the midfielders, here's the forwards, yep. and they can only be picked in that category? Yep. Maybe it would be better. I don't well, know. I think so. And like, I'm just looking through the stats here, and I was looking at um, score involvements. I think I can see a reason why they picked Danger now is he was fourth in score involvement. Like Lockie Neal was third and Petraka was second. Mm. Uh, like they're all they're all midfielders that and Tom Hall yeah. was number one. But yeah, yeah. Um, after that, like that, I could see why Liam Ryan. Liam Ryan was sixth. But like you know, Robbie Gray still finished seventh with yeah, score yeah. involvements and he played majority midfield. I think. Yeah. Most well, of score the involvements year, so. I suppose are always going to be a midfielder forward stat, aren't they? Yeah. So I mean, but then you never really know who they pick it off. Like you remember, like some of the. The selectors in years gone by, like that's why there was seven eight Geelong players because Cameron Ling was picking the team, sort of True. thing. So, not to take a dig at Geelong there, but um, that's always going to be the case. There's always going to be people disagreeing with the team, but, uh, but yeah. To be honest, like my opinion, forwards should consist of top goal kickers yep. because that's what they're there for. They're there to kick essentially, kick yeah. goals. Yep. 
um, you know, and why can't there be a read? Like, you know, as I said before, you know, there was years where it was Rewalt, Pav, Brown. Mm. Like, why and can't... Goods as well. He was goods. picked up forward There's too. four yeah. tall forwards there. Why can't it be the same again? Yeah, like, yeah. No, I agree. There's then, no reason yep. why you have to pick a forward pocket, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. We could have... You, know, you could have the best forward pocket in the league. You might come out one year and kick 10 goals. Like, mm. But pick them off the goal kicking, which yeah. is what they're there to do. I, I think, I think they yeah. should be picked off goal kicking. Yep. And, you know, looking at it, Danger and Bond between them kick 22 goals for the year. That's mm. less than Liam Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, it's... Yeah. Sort of sums it up a bit, doesn't yeah. it? But then why don't they pick midfielders in the back line? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's why, why put them in the forward line? But, I mean, we could sit here and talk about this all night, but we probably shouldn't because you've got to get home and get changed. You're still in your work. <laughs> I am, you, yes. you do look very official, though. Yeah. But, now, thanks for your time again, Grace. It's been a really good episode, this one. There's a lot happening still in the AFL. We've got, obviously, a break this weekend, and we'll be back next week to preview the first round of finals, which is yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you feel we got the we got the, the brown though as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll be talking about the brown. We've got a lot coming up at this yeah. point, so we're going to keep you all informed. Of course, you can check out all of our other podcasts at greywolfentertainment.net. Have you listened to our interview with Alex Winter yet? No, I haven't. Oh, well, you got to jump on that. Was will, a whole heap of fun. But it's all on the website. Lo- I am looking forward to uh, previewing the finals. Fitzy, we've got some good games coming up. Uh, the first week of finals, so I'm uh, I'm very nervous. I was hoping Collingwood would have won the other night, so we could have stayed up in uh, Brisbane. But yep. Um, We'll, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Geelong didn't play that well on the weekend. Yeah, but yeah. I think if Stanley's back, we're looking out. You look yeah. out. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll preview all the games in the next episode. But until then, keep it easy, Gracie. Yeah, you do. Yeah. See you then. Catch up. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net.